Welcome to Sportsman of Colorado, Colorado's premier outdoor radio show heard every Saturday afternoon on KLZ 560 with insights on hunting, fishing, archery, guns, and ammo from Colorado's top outfitters featuring the industry's leading experts on how to enhance your experience in the great outdoors. Now, here's your host, Scott Watley. Actually, you have Austin Parr from Discount Fishing Tackle co-hosting or guest hosting actually for Scott Watley this week. Scott had to head on out to Kansas to pick up a vehicle and I'm happy to be here and we're going to have a great show lined up for everybody today. Uh, We're going to really talk a lot of fishing today. That's my specialty. Um, But then as we move to the end, uh, we'll talk with Bob Hicks from Pheasants Forever. We'll talk to Nate Zielinski with Tightline Outdoors, giving an update on the South Park pike fishing and some trout probably as well. And also Chad Lachance. Uh, We're going to be getting a a nice northern Colorado update from Chad Lachance today, talking about all the walleye fishing and smallmouth bass fishing that's going on up there in northern Colorado. But first, I'm going to give everybody an update on front-range fishing. So I'm a co-owner of Discount Fishing Tackle down on South Santa Fe Drive. We're six blocks south of Evans on the west side of Santa Fe. And I also guide on the front-range area, so I'm able to get out a whole lot. And it's always a nice deal to be able to to get out as fishing being my work. But Chatfield, we're going to start with here. Chatfield, um, typically this time of year when you're seeing a lot of shad in the lake, uh, the bite a lot of times will slow down. But Chatfield actually is is a body of water that has been very, very, very productive as of late and something that if anyone's looking to get out and catch some fish here before, um, you know, the end of, of summer and it starts getting cold, Chatfield's a great spot. So we're actually not seeing many bait fish in Chatfield. So typically you have a, a bait fish called a gizzard shad that is really inundating the lake right now. The adult gizzard shad sit at about um, 14 or 16 inches long, but in the springtime, they'll spawn and all their little babies move out over the open water. And we're not seeing that at Chadville at all right now. Um, there's been very few sh- uh, balls of shad. So a lot of these fish are still sitting in their same summertime pattern. So you're finding fish on, on structure, on drop-offs, on rock piles. And that the, the key zone has been anywhere from like 11 feet out to about 18 feet of water. But the, the absolute key has been just finding those fish on the edges of those structure points. So utilizing your sonar and locating those fish is key. But then secondarily, thinking about, say, as if you're out there fishing in June is, is the key right now. So we're fishing a lot of live bait presentations. Uh, you know, the leeches are done for the season right now. But night crawlers are still a great way to go on a half a jig head or a half a crawler on a jig head. Um, But you can also throw blade baits and jigging wraps, which are two of my absolute favorites. If you're finding fish in shallower than 10 feet of water, the jigging wrap bite has been best. But anywhere deeper, the live bait bite has been a little bit better as well as the blade baits also. Uh, the, the smallmouth bass are also being very, very productive out there. You know, the smallmouth are going to be more on your rock faces rather than the walleyes being more out on the open water structure. And when you're on those rock faces, fishing something like a tube jig or a Ned rig, both can be really productive. Both of those you're actually jigging along the rock faces. But also, if you get out there early in the morning, you have the opportunity of taking advantage of a great topwater bite. So whether it be a Zara spook that's walked along the surface or a popper that you're actually physically popping along the surface, both of those particular techniques have been highly effective when the water does not have direct sunlight on it. So typically, that's the first two hours of day and maybe the last hour of light into the first hour of of kind of the twilight period. So both of those are, are very productive. Now, additionally, we have certainly other bodies of water in the metro area, 
And uh, Cherry Creek is another one that I focus a lot of time on. And Cherry Creek, we're seeing quite a bit more of a standard pattern on what's going on this time of year. So we have a ton of gizzard shad out there. And what happens is those fish, unlike at Chatfield, are pulling off of all of the structure and you are trying to pinpoint those fish out in the open water. So they're really not relating to anything but the actual bait balls. So rather than stopping and casting to these fish, we are instead going to be utilizing a trolling application. So I like using a Berkeley flicker shad or a Salmo hornet and trolling that utilizing my, my kicker motor across the open water. Now, most of these fish are not necessarily sitting deeper when they're suspended out over that open water. The most active fish are actually pushing those bait fish up against the surface. So using a planer board to be able to actually push your uh, presentation away from your boat is typically better due to the fact that those fish are not going to be spooked with that boat coming um, you know, directly across them. But behind that planer board, I'm only sitting this bait anywhere from 10 to 30 feet back. And when you're doing that, it's only running in the first three feet of the water column. And many times that is the, the most effective way to go out there. But you can get a little bit of casting going on. Um, you know, that early morning bite, those fish will be pushing bait fish shallow. But as soon as you get a little bit of sun on the water, peeling off is what you're going to want to be doing. So as far as the, the, the metro bodies, Chatfield and Cherry Creek are fishing well, but you also have opportunities at small bass ponds right now. You have a lot of growth. Everyone hears about the algae blooms going across the, the state here, but as well as some of the, the dangerous algae, there's also a lot of other really nice plant life that, that grows up and provides opportunities to throw things like topwater frogs and various other weedless uh, topwater baits up on the surface. You can get great blowups from largemouth. Um, great spot to take the kids you know, on your small neighborhood lake, You know, throw a frog or a popper up high in the water column early in the day or late in the day. And when you are not fishing in that low light period, going with something like a weedless Texas rigged Sanko or even uh, like a Texas rigged beaver can both be very, very productive, more of a crawfish style bait in that beaver. And you can work that in and around your structure points. But this year, the, the big focus and a lot of people are thinking of, and especially with how much water we had last year, uh, the, the fly fishing is absolutely going to be absolutely fantastic this fall. And it continues to be Everyone's going back to school, and the crowds are peeling off of the rivers. So if you have an opportunity to get up to the high country, that really is another bite that, that we at Discount Fishing Tackle really are, are focusing on. So anywhere from your Freestone River, such as the Arkansas or the Colorado, all the way through tailwaters like the Yampa or the South Platte or the Frying Pan, um, all are going to be fishing absolutely fantastic right now. We're seeing the best flows that we've seen in a number of years. So some of the highlights that I'll go through really quick before we have to go to break here the Colorado River, particularly from that pump house section, all the way down through your various takeouts are fishing very well, whether you are wade fishing or drift boat fishing down through there. Um, fishing the banks with hopper patterns, with micro stones as droppers have been very, very productive. But we've also been seeing hatches of PMDs and caddis, so you can work your dry dropper fishing with your PMDs or your caddis out there. But also in the middle of the day, if you don't feel like any of those fish are coming up, throwing a streamer, and working your banks with that streamer is a very, very effective way to go. But you also have the opportunity to throw nymph rigs. So something like a 20-inch or stone as a lead fly pattern. And then dropping off a little PMD or a caddis can be very effective. So shifting over to the South Platte, you know, it's one of the, the closest destinations for truly nice trophy-sized fish in Colorado, particularly the Front Range area. South Platte's fishing really well. Uh, we've seen high flows throughout the entire season. Even now, is, it's higher than what it normally is. And throwing bigger insects, bigger flies, is a total key out there. So 
bigger stoneflies, leech patterns are very good. Little micro leeches, a Mayer's micro leech from Umqua Fly Company is a, a very, very uh, productive pattern out there. But you can also fish streamers in some of those holes as you move up through Cheeseman Canyon. So streamers such as a woolly bugger or a double ganga pattern, fish through some of those pocket water stretches and even into your deeper holes with a sinking line can be very, very productive. And then still your standard patterns such as your small PMDs, your small caddis, and we are beginning to see a few trichos. They're a little bit behind schedule this year, but we're starting to see some trichos on the South Platte, whether it be in the Decker section or even all the way up to 11 Mile Canyon. I've seen a couple of reports of that. Now, there still are some opportunities as far as high country lake fishing as well. So shifting over to Spinney and 11 Mile, we'll talk a little bit more in depth about that on conventional fishing. But as far as fly fishing anglers are concerned, the damselflies are doing very well up there. There are still a few calabatus around. And then also in North Park, that's another one that I like to highlight throughout my entire season. So North Park is absolutely one of my favorite destinations to fish, particularly as we move through the fall. You have great opportunities in the lakes. The cut bows I've been hearing at, this, at South Delaney Butte have been absolutely fantastic. Uh, good, good size fish up there, whether you want to fish with conventional gear, such as a tube jig, or up there you can actually fish scented baits as long as they're larger than an inch and a half. So a three-inch gulp minnow on a jig head is another very good choice to fish along your weed lines. And then North Delaney Butte, although the brown trout have not been very active lately, large cut bows have also been coming out on some of those same techniques. So fly anglers are throwing some damselfly patterns, and then conventional anglers locating the edges of your weed lines and throwing a tube jig or a gulp minnow is also very productive. And the other really adva big advantage to North Park is just the pure amount of access that you have. There are so many state wildlife areas up there and so many leases for fishing that you can go and hit whether you want to hit the Delaney Buttes or Lake John, but you can also shift and hit uh, the North Platte in there, the Michigan River. There's various other rivers, Illinois is up there as well, and great small stream fishing. And with how much snowpack we had last year, you're having great, great, great flows throughout this entire fall. So getting up there, the hoppers are still going really, really strong. But we'll start to be seeing some spawning brown trout here before long. We're almost into September. So as we start getting the, the air to chill down a little bit, some of your brown trout are going to be very, very productive on your uh, egg patterns and various streamers up there as well. So I know that was a lot. We went through a lot there on kind of a, a statewide update. But once again, when we come back here, we'll, we'll take a break in just a second, and we'll talk to Chad Lachance with Fishful Thinker TV. And we're going to get a good report from northern Colorado. And if anyone has any questions on any of the stuff that we're talking about, I am co-owner of Discount Fishing Tackle on South Santa Fe Drive. We are six blocks south of Evans on the west side of Santa Fe. And I'm in there all the time. Our phone number is 303 698 2550 and we're going to take a short break here when we come back we'll talk with chad lachance from fishbowl thinker tv you're listening to sportsman of colorado on klz 560. don't let mosquitoes disrupt your family fun at your next barbecue or keep the kids from camping out in the backyard hey this is scott watley and i'm very happy that our outdoor activities have been mosquito free for the last four years thanks to the fine folks at mosquito authority their mission is to help protect you and your family from mosquitoes and the diseases they carry and did you know when your dog or cat is bitten by a mosquito heartworm is one of the most common infections at mosquito authority they guarantee you won't be bothered by mosquitoes between treatments and if you are hey all you have to do is call they'll come back out reassess your property and if necessary retreat at no additional charge no contracts no commitments and best of all no mosquitoes call 303-688-2847 that's 303-688-2847 or visit mosquitoauthority.com 
Hunting Gear Outfitters, a specialty gear showroom for all your hunting gear needs. Hi, I'm Ted Ramirez. So if you're headed on a self-guided or guided hunt for deer, moose, or anywhere in the world, stop by Hunting Gear Outfitters, home of Caribou Gear Outdoor Equipment Company. We are located at 8955 South Ridgeline Boulevard in Highlands Ranch. Questions, tips, and tactics are free, so call 303-798-5824 or visit us at huntinggearoutfitters.com. After an accident, think about Flesh and Beck Law. After your accident, you didn't think it was a big deal. You didn't think you were injured. You didn't think you'd ever hurt that much. You didn't think you'd have to miss work. You didn't think physical therapy would take so long. You didn't think there'd be so many hospital bills. You didn't think that the insurance company would take so long and give so little. You definitely didn't think you'd ever be in this situation, but you are. After an accident, think Flesh and Beck Law. Flesh and Beck have the experience and the knowledge to think about all the details you didn't know you'd have to worry about. They will answer all of your questions and help you to determine if you are entitled to compensation for your pain and suffering. After an accident, think Flesh and Beck Law. 303-806-8886. 303-806-8886. Call today to find out if they can help you. Rush to Reason with John Rush, weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. You're listening to Sportsman of Colorado Radio on KLZ 560. This is Austin Parr filling in for Scott Watley, and I'm with Discount Fishing Tackle in Denver, and we're going to go right to the phones now. We have Chad Lachance with Fishful Thinker TV. Chad, how are you doing today? Fantastic, Austin. How are you? Doing well. I certainly appreciate you given a call and we just went through an update on Metro Denver, but you know, I don't get a lot of opportunities to move all the way up to the, the Northern front range areas. You know, there's such great fishing up there. Why don't you give us kind of a rundown on what you're doing up there? Well, I'm standing on the side of Horsetooth right now. And, uh, and just for the record, so I think is half of the rest of Northern Colorado. <laughs> it's a busy day on the lake for sure. But, um, you know, the water level's dropping here a lot, Austin, and I mean a lot, like uh, like an inch every three hours. Wow. And, uh, and so they are pulling the water out of here as they top the corn off out east of here. You know, most of the water here goes to irrigation, and this is prime watering season for corn. So uh, they're dumping water in a hurry, and that's keeping us honest as anglers. It's for sure got the fish on the move. Um, they're not in the most aggressive biting. Um, I'd love to tell you that, you know, that, Hey, come on up and smash them, but it's just not that way right now. You got to earn them. They just had the full moon open tournament here last weekend and, uh, 54 teams, I believe 108 of the state's best bass anglers were here. They fished 12 hours overnight, 7 PM to 7 AM. And it only, it, there was only a single fish less than three pounds caught. There was not one three pounder caught. So, wow. They're not real easy to catch right now. And the funny part, Austin, is you can catch them on the top waters. You can catch them on a, a surface bait all day long. You can catch them on a, on a jigging spoon 50 feet down all day long. You can catch them on a drop shot anywhere in between. It's, and I think therein lies the problem is the fish are just really scattered. And as you know, we're always looking for a depth range. And at this point, the depth range is, say, zero to 60 feet. Wow. And, uh, and that's tough to work out, you know. Well, that's the challenge uh, up there, really, with all that bait you guys have all the way with the smelt. You know, I saw pictures of Dan Swanson, one of your guides, was was showing early in the season with just insane clouds of smelt. Oh, yeah, it doesn't even look real on your on your sonar. You know, our ranch units light up to the point where it just doesn't even look real. You can, in fact, see a shadow on the new HGS Live units. You can see a shadow from the bait fish on the bottom. 
Let's put it that way. That's how dense the clouds of, of smelt are. And smelt and shad and yellow perch and bluegills and crappies, all little tiny ones of all of the above. Not to mention the crayfish that have been here forever. So that's the other thing. You know, we always talk about late summer, early fall, is find the bait, find the fish. Well, that's fine, but what bait am I looking for? Because I think that's part of the reason the fish are so scattered, because there's something they can eat everywhere in the water column right now. Even the mayflies, we've had some big mayfly hatches coming off here in the bay behind the house, and the fish are slaughtering those things in the evening. So, you know, it's kind of all over the board as far as what's going on. But I guess if I was coming up, and I, you know, to, to some advice for your Denver listeners, if I was coming up here, I'd start with the top water, find where I get some bites, and then I'd slow down a fish through that area a little bit more thoroughly, potentially out off the bank a bunch more. Uh, you can catch them on topwater baits out over 100 feet of water right now, literally. So, uh, you know, you're just going to have to come and work for them. The walleyes, everybody always asks about the walleyes. The only walleyes I'm catching is when we time them up shallow. You know, a good mud line just starts to form, the wind blowing in on a spot. Maybe maybe the sonar unit showing you the smelt pushed up against a bank somewhere. Uh, you know, that's what I'm looking for. It's a timing thing. I'm actually doing better in the middle of the day for a while as any other time. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I think it's just because that's when the, the opportunities fit my fishing style. Chad Lachance is with Fishful Thinker TV as well as Fishful Thinker Guide Service. He's got a, a great TV show on altitude on Saturday mornings and airs all, all across the board at different times, but talks about all kinds of of local Colorado and, and generally regional fishing and one of the experts. You live on Horsetooth up there, so obviously you are up there fishing just about more than anybody else is. But, um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's funny you go back to the, the walleyes during the day. So many people have a misconception that walleyes are a nighttime feeding fish only and you can't catch them during the day, whereas, you know, us as guides and, and you filming your TV show, you've certainly proved that wrong over the years. And just like you said, timing them on a weed line or, or a mud line and, and getting those fish on when they're feeding in a certain area, particularly on Horsetooth, when there's so much bait is is absolutely critical yeah it is it's a timing thing and and you know you just got to run you got to run spots you know little little spots of mud showing it you know and and uh, the like i caught some just here the other day and they were right on the bank and i mean like right on the bank and in like a foot of water at two o'clock in the afternoon you know and uh and so it's just a matter of, of timing you know but uh, but like you said they will feed all day all night uh, just depending on what, what strikes their mood and stuff like that, they're following fish around. But, you know, if he does want to catch walleyes, let's say, you know, horsetooth, as we, as we all know, the walleyes are hard to catch here. The smallmouth typically are easier to catch than they are right this minute, but they are catchable. But if you do want to catch walleyes, uh, I suggest go to Carter Lake right now. Carter Lake's not kicking out giants. You know, it's famous for its giants. It's not kicking out giants, but at least everybody's catching walleyes. And so, you know, they're going to be 15 to 20 inches, probably similar to a lot of your commentary creek fish that I know you uh, you plunder on a regular basis. And uh, and that's a deal where you could probably go catch some, and, and guys are catching them trolling, guys are catching them pulling bottom bouncers, neither of which do I know much about, to be honest with you. Sure. But guys are also catching them with jigs, jerkbaits, and crankbaits. So the bottom line is I think there's the opposite. They don't have a tremendous amount of bait. And, uh, and they're more ambitious feeders. And also there's good numbers of smaller fish in there. Uh, of course, that's a brood lake. Uh, it's protected as a brood lake, so it's not a place to go harvest a bunch of them. But the flip side is at least they're catchable. You can harvest a few of them. They have, and, and most of the ones that are being caught are right in that size range you can harvest. I nice. believe off the top of my head, it's 16 to 21 inches. So Yeah, no fish uh, over 21 if anyone's listening out there. Unlike a lot of other metro fisheries, you cannot keep any of the big fish out there. 
Right, exactly. And uh, and that's okay because they got so much mercury in them, the dang things couldn't even swim. So uh, <laughs> that has a lot to do with the horse tooth fish, too, just for the record. Uh, people should keep that in mind if you're thinking of big walleyes here. They test very, very high for mercury. So very high, uh, like off the charts. So uh, people should keep that in mind if you're thinking about eating these fish. But from the standpoint of just going and catching a few of them, some of those 16 to 21 inches of carter would be ideal. They're a lot more willing. Uh, and there, again, you catch them with a variety of things. But the bottom line there, it seems to be about 25 feet and up, so at least you only have half the water column to deal with, whereas horse teeth, you got the whole dang thing. And, uh, you know, and like I said, you might catch fish right now, right smack dab in the middle of the lake on a topwater bait, you know, I mean, in 100-plus feet of water. So it's kind of all over. But, yeah. uh, but I, it's that time of year, too, as Certainly. you know, all the big oh, yeah. fish are bloomed. And, I mean, I got kids running up and down the bank right now, and they're catching frogs, and I guarantee you, they're catching baby bullfrogs, and I guarantee you those bullfrogs are getting eaten along here by the bass and Yo, adds sure. to the food chain you know it's tough yeah so going back you to know? carter for just one second i have not fished that lake a whole lot but i always hear about the rock structure that's out there and it kind of creates something that's not necessarily what someone is familiar with on a standard walleye lake say out in the plains is that really the yeah. case out there Oh, yeah, there's tons of, same with horseshoe, there's tons of rock sure. ridges that are out off the bank, big piles of rock, the inlet structure. The weird thing about Carter Lake, Austin, is that the water boils out of the bottom of the lake. And that's just, compl- I mean, not only are these lakes not natural in the first place, horseshoe's fed by a pipe, and Carter's fed by a, a pipe that runs out in the bottom of the lake. It's crazy. So it fills from the bottom, and so it, it creates weird, but there's big structure around that. Uh, Centennial Bass Club years ago placed some structure out there uh, as well, or some cover, some big stumps, I mean huge stumps, like the size of your boat stumps, stuff like that. Um, but there's a lot of ridges and things like that. The deal at Carter Lake, though, is I can usually put the graphs to work. I can usually scan, put the graphs to work, find a few fish that are you know a couple feet up off the bottom, and then work that area. Um, I would say right now there I'm going to be somewhere around 10 to 20, maybe 25 feet somewhere in that range is what I'm going to be looking at hard, and I'm, I'm going to have the side scanners out, down scan, get everything going, and work along until I see a couple of fish and then fish that area. I may not fish the fish I can actually see, you know, as far as trying to drop right on them or something like that, but just fish the area around where I mark a few of them. The one good thing about Carter Lake is there's not a lot of variety of species in there, so if you mark fish, you're it's a pretty safe bet they're walleyes. I mean, yeah, there's a few carp and some trout, uh, things like that and i will say this too the trout are not to be taken lightly in either one of these lakes particularly carter they've stocked them aggressively there and uh, particularly in the early mornings or in the evenings you can get those trout up high in the water column as well and those are just a matter of, of looking at the conditions and fishing them it's not like you're going to see them on your sonar sure and you know with lakes like that that hold as much depth as they do even with them pumping water out like crazy you know unlike a lake like cherry creek some of those trout have the opportunity to get really big and i've certainly seen you guys catch oh, yeah. some huge oh, yeah. huge huge cut bows legitimate not not just big for the front range legitimately large trophy size oh, trout yeah 12 12 to 15 pounders and uh those are big trout i don't care where you live and uh or where you fish you know i mean we don't get excited here at horse tooth until they're about six pounds or so sure and uh and then you start going all right that's a pretty nice one you know you get a 10 you're like all right now that's a good trout you know but um but we're, that's generally what we're looking for those numbers are not what they were a few years ago after the high park fire when they stopped a ton of them in here in 2012 and over the next five years they turned into monsters and they were swimming everywhere yep. but they have started restocking them and they grow an inch a month or more here so you know they they don't take them very long to uh to get big in a hurry and they're feeding on all that smell we we filleted one that died 
and it had smelt. They were so organized in its stomach, it looked like a, one of those little square cans of sardines. I mean, it had <laughs> laid in there just perfect. Like, it knew how to put eight of them smelt in its stomach without any problem at all. Oh, man. And, you know, they grow fast. That's a very high-protein source. It uh, has no waste. You know, they digest the whole thing, unlike eating crayfish or something like that, where sure. there's a ton of waste. So, yeah, very uh, very good opportunity to catch some big trout. And, and, you know, I would do that early or late in the day. The water temperatures are for sure warm. Uh, you know, horse tooth, horse tooth and carter both in the 70s, so not super ideal for trout. So, but in the evenings they come out, and like I said, we're getting these these mayflies coming off here, uh, horse tooth in the evenings, and they're for sure getting eaten out in the bay. And that's by both smallmouth and trout uh, that are that are pursuing those mayflies. Well, there's so much bait up there, but we have a great fall coming up. It sounds like that both those lakes are are in a great healthy stage right now. Um, but we're going to have to go, and I'm going to have to let you go in a second. But before we go, how can somebody get a hold of you if they're looking to, to you know, book a guide trip and go up and catch some nice fish this fall? Uh, well, fishfultanker.com is the quickest, uh, easiest way to get a hold of us. Of course, at fishfultanker on all social media platforms, we appreciate that. We have lots and lots and lots of activity on our YouTube channel these days. So if guys don't, don't maybe have cable or whatever, they can watch some YouTube as well. But fishfultanker.com and the 99% of the trips we're doing right now are guided by Dan Swanson. My, my travel schedule's crazy, and Ronnie's <laughs> got a new baby. Congratulations, Ronnie. So uh, Dan's hosting most of the trips right now, and uh, but he's one of the leading experts in sonar around the whole country. Absolutely. So if you want to some stuff, go with Dano. Perfect, Chad. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking a break and, and giving us a call down here, and we certainly appreciate the report. Well, hey, man, thanks for the opportunity. I always appreciate it, both you and Scott. Thank you, Chad. Right, take care. So that was Chad Lachance with Fishful Thinker. As he mentioned, his YouTube channel is blowing up right now, but he does have a TV show on Altitude Channel on Saturday mornings. I've appeared some on there as well, but it is an absolutely fantastic resource when it comes to you know all things Colorado fishing, all things regional fishing, and all species. We talked a lot about boat fishing right now, but we have the opportunity to do a lot of shore fishing this year, and he really highlights that on his show. So I can't recommend Chad enough. But once again, this is Austin Parr filling in for Scott Watley on Sportsman of Colorado Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk with Nate Zelensky from Tightline Outdoors. You are listening to Sportsman of Colorado Radio on KLZ 560. Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality eye and vision care for over 50 years. Stack Optical is a family-owned business, and they're proud to be one of the few optical offices that have their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Your one-stop shop for all of your vision needs, eye exams, glasses, and contacts. And don't forget about the Stack Sports Pack. Let owner and certified optician Alan Stack customize a pair of specialized glasses that will make your next outing on the golf course or on the gun range better than ever before. Call today for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. That's 303-321-1578. Or check them out at stackoptical.com. Ladies, I know you're tired of walking into the local gun store and seeing the same old thing. So let me tell you about Rampart Firearms. Just a quarter mile up Highway 67 off of Santa Fe and Sedalia, you will find a great selection of guns, ammo, tactical, and personal defense weapons. And if you or your spouse love to hunt, Rampart Firearms is a great stop for all of your hunting needs. Shotguns, rifles, pistols, anything from predator hunting to your next big game trip. Head to Rampart Firearms at the foot of the Rockies. Open six days a week, Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. And you will only pay a 4% tax on your purchase. 
rampartfirearms.com, 720-468-0050. That's 720-468-0050. This is Scott Watley for my friends at Phoenix Weaponry. Phoenix Weaponry is proud to announce their new 10,000-square-foot facility is now open in Berthard, Colorado, located at 504 North 2nd Street. With this expansion, Phoenix Weaponry offers a new retail area and expanded gunsmithing in Duracoat and Cerakote areas. Family-owned and operated, Phoenix Weaponry offers the finest in competition, hunting, and long-range precision firearms. Also, suppressors from 22 long rifle to 50 caliber for rifles, pistols, and shotguns. Phoenix Weaponry also offers gunsmithing services and restoration repairs from antique to modern firearms. Building your firearm dreams into reality. That's Phoenix Weaponry. Call them now, 720-340-2496, or visit them at phoenixweaponry.com. Rush to Reason with John Rush. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. You're listening to Sportsman of Colorado Radio on KLZ 560. This is Austin Parr with Discount Fishing Tackle filling in for Scott Watley this Saturday. Scott's off picking up a vehicle in Kansas. But we're going to go right to the phones. We've been getting all kinds of updates from across the state. We're going to talk to Nathan Zielinski with Tightline Outdoors. Nate, how's it going? Doing really good, man. How about yourself? Doing excellent. I certainly appreciate you calling in down here this Saturday. Absolutely. So we've talked about walleyes. We've talked about smallmouth bass so far, but I certainly know that you spend a lot of time up in South Park. What are you seeing up there on those big trout and pike uh, this time of year? You know, it is absolutely an incredible year. I would say uh, you know, the last 20 years that I spent as a Colorado guide and uh, person, you know, hitting a lot of the South Park lakes, this is probably one of the better things we have. You know, uh, the more consistent, uh, slow-changing water temperatures that we can get, the, the more ultimate the, and pristine the bite is. So, you know, we start off with that, obviously, that super long, cold spring and almost summer, you know, non-existent summer. Oh, yeah. um, and it really allowed us to really ease into the season. You know, normally we go from extremely cold, you know, the wind rips the ice off those lakes, and it goes from cold to hot. We get that fast change. Um, this year, it was like the slowest temperature changes in the world. I know. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it, it like took a week to gain a degree. So it really kind of just brought the season to a, a really good year. We had times for the fish to develop the patterns. Uh, we, were, we as anglers were able to keep up on the patterns. You know, it wasn't like from one week into the next you were losing things. Uh, you know, as a guy down the water every day, it was awesome because it was so consistent. Um, so that really has taken us right to where we are now. Um, you know, we really are just in the last week or so, we really started dropping in water temperature. Our nights are really starting to get cold. So I would say just literally in the last week and really this upcoming week is when we're transferring into what we consider our fall bite. Um, and we kind of watch that. You know, there's, there's little, you know, telltale signs to tell you when that's happening. We've had a... Uh, a rainbow trout bite for those big rainbows. You know, and they're they're epic this year. I mean, the, the, a small fish is twenty inches. A big I've been fish seeing is your twenty five oh, inches. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Um, and we've been catching a ton of those fish in three to five feet of water. So on a given day, we're up there in three to five foot. We're swimming tube jigs. We're swimming hair jigs. We're casting Tasmanian devils. Um, all reactionary, fast-moving approaches. And that's how we're catching all those fish in that shallow water. Um, about 10 days ago, those fish pulled out of that shallow water. Um, and that is the, the true signs of fall coming. So it's weird because they actually abandon out of the shallow water. They move out to deeper, about 8 to 12 foot. 
and they hang there for about a week to, I mean, sometimes two weeks, but really it's about a week to 10 days. Um, and that's usually when our water, uh, you know, does a traditional turnover. We don't sure. really get a true turnover, but yeah. we get a massive temperature change. Um, and then those fish pile back into that shallow water. So literally just in the last couple of days, I started seeing my first fish coming back to the shallow. And about the next week, we'll see uh, a huge portion of those fish return back to the shallow. And from that point on, it is literally fall fishing. Those fish are going to be there until the lake freezes again. Um, so it, it's really, again, you know, normally we get, I don't want to say a slow time, you know, sometime in July, August. Um, but this year we never really missed a beat. We had a couple days where we might have only had 20 fish days instead of 50 fish days. Um, but 20 fish at, you know, five, six pounds Big. is by far. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's not anything that you would say a slow day. Um, and we're, our numbers are, are creeping right back up to those high 40, 50 fish count days. So it, it's really epic as far as the trout fishing goes. It's only going to continue. So if you're you're an angler thinking about hitting South Park, it, it is fishing good. And then same thing with pike, you know, and that's everything. Spinny, 11-mile, terriel, um, the pike are going very strong. We just now are kind of coming to a, a close on our topwater season. You know, that topwater season is really heavy last week of July, first two weeks of August. We're now just coming kind of, I mean, we're still catching them on top water, but that season's kind of slowing down. Sure. And really right now it is all about throwing big, noisy baits. So big spinner baits with oversized blades, um, you know, big bucktails with oversized blades. Um, it's all about making a lot of noise and pulling those fish out of the weeds. And that's how you're going to how to get those fish right now. Absolutely. And I mean, when you're doing that, a lot of people go up there. I, I sell a lot of tackle going up to the, the high country like that. And, and certainly what kind of tackle are you physically using as far as rod and reel setups? I mean, typically I would you associate know, bigger stuff with that, but what are you guys using up there with that? You know, it really depends on, on your guests for the day, you know? So we deal with a lot of, you know, very experienced anglers. If they're comfortable, we're throwing casting. Equipment. Definitely. So we're throwing, you know, seven foot, seven and a half foot, medium heavy to heavy action casting rods. Um, and I run fire line for everything. Um, and I use 14 pound fire line for, for my main line. The main reason is I use a fusion where a lot of guys are using a braid. Braid to get, you know, further castability, you get more strength, but the fusion is flat. So it gets these, it's kind of twisted, but it's a flatter line. Sure. So I have a big 40 inch pike hammer spinner bait. They'll drop down in the weeds, and then they'll come out of the weeds. And all of a sudden, you have two toe points. So your line's going down in the water, through a weed patch, and then to the fish. If that fish fights hard enough, they almost always use those weeds to get off and spit the hook. That fire line being flat, it literally cuts right through the weeds. So I can hook that fish. You can dive in the weeds. I can put a little extra pressure on that fish and slice right through the weeds, and I'm back to mainly fighting that fish. Um, so I'm running that on my main line. Then I'll run a leader in a lot of situations, and my main leader I'm usually running is going to be a 14-pound monofilament leader. Um, you know, I could use fluorocarbon in some situations. It's not quite as tough. Now, everybody's hearing this. They're like, man, what's he talking about? 14 pound, like everybody you hear, everything you read, steel. everybody's running 30, 40, or steel, steel yeah, yeah, all yeah. this kind of stuff. I see a dramatic, and I mean dramatic, like 50, 60%. Um, I see less activity on my mature fish at the 15 pound mark. Sure. So at 15 pound liter, monofloral, 
steel, whatever the case may be, um, your odds start drastically tanking on those big fish. You're still going to catch a 20-inch fish. You're still going to catch those low 30s. Um, but when you want those big 40, 42s, 44s, your odds just tank when you start throwing that real heavy leader material. So the biggest thing we suggest is really watch how you're fighting the fish, watch how you're hooking these fish, um, and go with that lighter line. So we're using 14-pound mono. We set the hook one time. So when they hit, you get one hook set. Once they're hooked, we keep our rod in one position. So keep the rod high and just keep it there and just reel. And that fish is going to stay calm, and your odds of landing it are tremendous. Now, when you start pumping the rod, throbbing the rod, really doing a lot of movement, that fish feels all that movement. And as far as they know, they think whatever they ate is beating them. And what those fish do is they'll actually choke up on the bait to get a hold of it more, and that's when we see our bite off. So more so than the line, I would say it's how you handle those fish. So one good hook set, rod high, we land them most of the time. Um, And even if you don't land them all the time, you're your odds are still drastically better. In 2006, I did a survey. It was 2006 and 2007. We, we kind of averaged it. Um, but on when using steel leader, now this was steel, not necessarily a heavy floral, yes, but using yes. steel, we were landing one big fish on steel to 17 big fish on light pound mono. That's crazy. So, and that, that that's 40-inch fish and, and up. So your odds are, are dramatically with you. So ditch the steel, ditch the heavy leaders, well, and those details when you're up there guiding every single day are the absolute details that make a difference between catching those smaller fish and those larger fish or having those 10 or 15 fish days versus those 50 fish days and being able to figure out these details, whether you're a guide or whether you're just up there fishing, paying attention to the small details is something that I have figured out is the most important thing when you're out there fishing in any species. It is. You know, and Austin, you're the same exact situation as we are. You know, you run into people at the boat dock, and they're like, man, I would do anything to catch those fish. Yeah. And you look in their boat, and they got the same gear you do. they got the same jig on or the same spinner bait, and it's the small things. I look down at their rig. they got better rods and reels sometimes than I'm using, right? they yep. got the boat. they got everything they need. they got the right bait. And then I look at that leader, and they're running those big 40 pounds where literally they have 90% of the puzzle put together. They're just lacking that last little piece, and that last little piece is just killing them. So the small details are everything. And in the sense of of our pike being extremely well-fed, extremely well-pressured, that leader is everything. I mean, these aren't, aren't a Canadian fish. They don't have to take a meal. They don't have competition. You, know, you look at the Midwest where all our education comes from, and these pike are, are competing against muskies and bass and oh, yeah. walleye and all these species that get a meal. After you look at spinny, you only get 40,000 catchable rainbows a year. It's got well over a billion mark on the perch population. It's got suckers. It's got little pike. There, there's so much food there. There's no pressure on these fish to feed. So, you know, making it easy on them, um, and, you know, light line, almost going, you know, that finesse style it is the biggest key to success. So before I let you go here, I kind of want to shift gears just slightly. Let's talk about, you know, the, the state really, the, there's been a big push anti-pike for a little bit. But you know more than anything about these pike, and you know about these trophy trout in this particular fishery. You know, in my opinion, releasing these big pike is a, a really, really crucial element to maintaining this fishery. What's your take on that? You know, Austin, it's such a, a hard place to sit. You know, and it is. I do so much work with the great folks at Colorado Parks and Wildlife. For sure. To be honest with you, I have so many opinions. I have my opinion as a personal angler, which is like, hey, 
save the night. None of them should get killed. I love them as an angler. Oh, yeah. As a guide, obviously, I love them as a as a fishery. Now I look at a business person saying, hey, trout sells more fishing licenses than anybody. You know, we have to re- maintain the, the trout fishery, so kill the pike. Um, there's all things about it. I would say the biggest thing that the average angler does not understand about spinning is it's had perch in it since 2001 when they initially drained Antero uh, in the 2001-2002 drought season. Uh, so as they drained Antero then, that is when perch got introduced to spinning. Since then, the population has just grown. In 2006, we had a major growth spurt. In 2012, we had one of the biggest spawns of perch uh, probably in Colorado history. So now the perch population is thriving beyond belief um, to the point where it is a very unhealthy population. There are so many of them. Now, a lot of reservoirs you can rely on angling to remove those perch at a place where you can use no salt, no scent, no bait. The success rate of an average perch angler is non-existent. Sure. Um, they are extremely hard to catch. At this point in time, I, or at least going forth in the future, I can see the perch eating all of our natural scuds in the body of water to where I think our trout are going to start starving in the winter. In yeah. the summer months, the trout can always live on bug life. In the sure. winter, they rely on those scuds. I think the scuds are going to disappear because the perch, um, the only way I see the perch getting removed from the fishery is promoting the pike population. I'm not saying you have to do it long term, but I think that we should see a, a four to five year, you know, really push on pike survival to at least eliminate the perch. And then we can reconvene uh, what to do about the pike. But right now, you know, everybody looks at the pike as the main predator and issue in South Park. The perch are far more dangerous to the fishery uh, than the pike will probably ever be. Well, it's a super interesting perspective right there, and everybody has a different opinion on it. And certainly as yep. as someone selling fishing tackle and selling fishing licenses in this state, you know, the trout are, are king with that. But, yep, you know, absolutely. and I think Parks and Wildlife is really figuring out a balance in all of these species, which is great. And they're taking such good angler input from this, um, you know, from guides and from everyday anglers that it's really turning into something that I think we're, we're going in the right direction. But before I let you absolutely. go here, um, why don't you let everyone know uh, how to book a guide trip with you or any of your guides to go up there on an opportunity of a fish of a lifetime? Absolutely. You know, you can always follow us on Facebook at Tightline Outdoors. Our website's tightlineoutdoors.com. Uh, yeah, we're 365 guiding ice open water. And we also made a huge announcement. We run a, a very large tournament series in the winter called Ice Addiction. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page and check it out. But we announced today that our first place prize for every ice addiction this year is going to be $10,000 cash wow. for the heaviest single fish. So no limits, no tag fish, literally the heaviest single fish, whether a pound or 10 pounds is going home with $10,000 cash. Uh, so we'd love to spread the word on that. And, uh, see everybody this winter at one of those events. Absolutely, Nate. Well, it's a, certainly a great event. Every one of your events you put on is great, um, and I can't recommend anyone going up there with him enough. Um, but, Nate, we certainly appreciate it. We're going to have to let you go. Um, but when we come back, we are going to talk with Bob Hicks, who is the regional rep from Pheasants Forever, and we're going to talk about dove hunting, a little dove hunting preview, as well as potentially a cast and blast trip moving out on the eastern plains. You're listening to Sportsman of Colorado Radio on KLZ 560. You finally got the motorcycle that you have always dreamed of. You love that feeling of the wind on your body and the tires on the road and that feeling of freedom. But then when you were out on a ride, somebody didn't look twice and merged into you. You went down and now you're hurt. Your insurance is not moving as fast as you thought they would. You missed work. And what's worse, 
is your bike is totaled. It's time to call Flesh and Beck. After you've been in a motorcycle accident, call Kevin Flesh at Flesh and Beck Law. He will answer all of your questions. Kevin Flesh will help you to determine if you are entitled to compensation for your pain and suffering. And he has the experience and the knowledge to navigate the complicated maze created by the insurance companies designed to minimize your claim. Call Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law at 303 806 8886 to find out how he can help you get the compensation that you deserve. That's Kevin Flesh of Flesh and Beck Law. 303-806-8886. Call now and get back on the road. Hi, this is Scott Watley. Now, many times you hear your radio host like me say something like, let me tell you about my friends at, then we'll talk about a sponsor that we truly believe in and endorse. Well, in this case, let me tell you about a company that really is part of my family, Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center. For over 13 years, we have trusted our furry family members to this wonderful staff. At Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, they believe that all pets deserve to have a good life, and their goal is to help you keep your pets happy and healthy throughout their life by providing complete pet care services every day, all at one location. We love the Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center Boarding Lodge, and your pet will too. Your pet will receive one-on-one -on -one care and attention throughout their stay. Open seven days a week for your convenience. Check them out. Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, located at 8681 Lincoln Avenue in Lone Tree. 303-708-8050. 303-708-8050. Or check them out online at LoneTreeVet.com. Rush to Reason with John Rush, weekdays from 3 to 7 on KLZ 560. You're listening to Sportsman of Colorado Radio on KLZ 560. This is Austin Parr with Discount Fishing Tackle filling in for Scott Watley this Saturday. Talked about a lot of fishing so far, and certainly it is absolutely my specialty. I'm co-owner of Discount Fishing Tackle on South Santa Fe Drive. We're six blocks south of Evans on the west side of Santa Fe. Phone number 303-698-2550. And any of these things that we've been talking about today, I can certainly go into more depth with anyone that's looking to get out there and do it on do it themselves. Happy to help with anybody. So stop on down and, and ask any kind of questions that you have there. Um, but we're going to shift gears a little bit here to, to finish off the show. We're going to talk with Bob Hicks from Pheasants Forever. Bob, how's it going? Good, Austin. How are you today? Doing excellent. So Bob is a regional rep for Pheasants Forever and is very involved with all kinds of small game access and habitat restoration. But as we're looking outside right now, I just saw a dove fly by the window right now. It's certainly something um, at this time of year everyone's thinking about. Uh, what are your thoughts as far as a preview for the dove season this year? I think it's going to be great, Austin. Um, you know, we've had tons of moisture. There should be lots of... Uh, Lots of chicks hatched this year, both on the pheasant front and especially the upcoming dove season. That's kind of the kickoff of the upland bird season. And, you know, last year we actually had super hunting, you know, almost into October. Absolutely. The northern birds, the northern birds came down after a little cold front. But uh, it should be great. It's something I look forward to every year. Um, get a chance to get out, get the shotgun out, and it should just be fantastic. So, you know, I do a lot of dove hunting myself. I had a fantastic year last year. Um, and, you know, I took advantage of, of the small game walk-in access program quite a bit. And with you being with Pheasants Forever, why don't you give, uh, you know, some of our listeners uh, a little little 
input as to what the small game access program is and how some people can take advantage of it. Sure, it's it's been around now for more than more than ten years, and so Colorado Parks and Wildlife has already produced the first atlas, is what they call the regular walking atlas, and then just before pheasant season starts and late October, 1st of November, they'll come out with another atlas, which is then geared more toward the pheasant hunting. So, but the thing I tell people, Austin, what's so great about, you know, one of the great things about dove hunting, especially if you're a pheasant hunter and you get out to eastern Colorado, it's a great time to go scout for, for the pheasant. Absolutely. Season. You know, you were, bas- were basically hunting, you know, you know, doves in the morning or the evening for the morning and evening flight. And so you can get out and take a look at the habitat and look for birds, you know, look for pheasants during those down times. And then also get to know, you know, some of the walk-in properties, you know, you may only get a dove or two out of, but you may find a, a hot spot where the hens have really had a great nesting season in the area. And all of a sudden you're like, man, I found a great place to come back in November. So I took advantage of that same. Yeah. And I took advantage of that last year. You know, I found two different properties that had a good number of pheasants on them and both of which were actually very productive for the doves and went back and, and was able to take advantage of those pheasants as we moved into the middle part of November. Yeah. And, and it's a great program, you know, Colorado parks and wildlife. I don't know our numbers this year, but we've been as high as 231,000 acres. And these are private, lands that you know a rancher or farmer agrees to put into this program and you know people that purchase you know hunting licenses and fishing licenses you know that goes to help open up these um, private lands in in a walk-in act at walk-in access program and uh, again um, when the late book comes out you know there'll, there'll be different properties added in so for people that maybe haven't gone to dove hunting before and used the walk-in book don't don't be shocked like hey where are all these properties you know that i pheasant hunt on uh, some of those people because there's crop standing you know corn and 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 um millet different different crops they they don't want you know them to be opened yet to hunting until the pheasant season comes and they've harvested those crops so. sure and something to take a peek at if you're a dove hunter of, of a number of years and you're looking to take advantage of that walk-in program um you know i've looked at some and, and they've added a lot of properties this year there have been some retracted more have been added than retracted this year at least in the northeastern zone but definitely making sure of each one of those properties that you're going to is not not you know has, hasn't been removed is is critical but you know this program being someone who sells licenses every day everyone asks me well where do, where do these license dollars go you know i want to see where they go well this is a direct item that you can absolutely see your license dollars going toward opening public access for hunting and not just a little bit of access either it's it's pretty vast out there isn't it it, it is and you know it, it covers you know all of northeastern Colorado, we have some incredible properties down in southeastern Colorado. And and as you and I have spoken before, you know, we're, we're both big fishermen, too. And so, you know, if you want to take your boat out and chase the walleyes, you know, you can, you know, you can, you know, go go hit the, hit the lake in the morning, maybe when it's, you know, not so hot out. And then go find a good water hole in the evening or a good pass shooting place and, you know, potentially bag a limited dove. So, you know, great combinations, you know, whether it's Jackson or Jumbo or Sterling or even going down southeast to um, John Martin, uh, even two, two Buttes and, and John Martin. Yeah. You know, um, it's a it's a little bit of a drive, but, um, 
you know, especially later in the dove season when you get into that second week, that southeast part of the state, you know, stays a lot warmer. Um, even when we get cold fronts, sure. you know, doves hang around a little longer down in southeastern Colorado. And for someone going out there to target some of those fish, keep in mind the same thing that I talked about at Cherry Creek in the first hour, where there are a lot of bait fish and a lot of these bodies of water with water levels that are dropping. So these fish are peeling off of structure, and we're doing something that you really like doing a lot, Bob, is is trolling. So, you know, the little yeah. sal- salmo hornets are one of my absolute favorites, little shallow flicker shads, but trolling them behind planer boards can be effective on any of these plains lakes and even places like you like to fish up at Glendo. Yeah, and, and, and the thing is, you know, especially like Jumbo and Sterling, they're really good crappie lakes, and, you know, you can go up, this time of the year, as you know, and just get a tremendous mixed bag. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and, and you know, I was lucky this year early in the season to catch a giant wiper out of out of Jackson Reservoir that I released, and hopefully he or she's still in the lake. But, you know, um, you also have an opportunity to stick a, you know, 10 to 15-pound fish um, of a wiper category up there, too. Absolutely. And and a lot of those fisheries, although the wiper population has somewhat dwindled in all places but Jackson, there's still trophy fish that are in there. And not only trophy, trophy wiper, but these walleye populations are mature enough since we've had the water that we've had for the last number of years that the walleye populations have been absolutely stunning. I mean, I think Jumbo probably fished better this year than it has in any number of years prior. And not to mention, you add some great wing shooting opportunities, whether it be doves early or teal the next week after. You know, Jumbo tends to hold a lot of teal, but you can go out and do a morning teal shoot and then go and pull boards in the afternoon. Maybe put the topper up during the heat, but have a complete and total mixed bag with teal, doves, walleyes, crappies, wipers, drum, you name it. They're out there. Well, I just want to give you a big shout-out and discount for your support of our local Pheasants Forever Chapter 2, Austin, and same with Scott Watley. Scott emcees our banquet, um, you know, in March for our our local chapter, and, um, you know, you've been a great donor to us. And, uh, and you know, we, we as an organization, just a plug for Pheasants Forever, every dollar we raise other than membership stays with our local chapters, you know, our our local chapters in Colorado Springs, Denver, and Fort Collins are contributing money to these, you know, very expensive habitat drills, which are planting all these corners for conservation acres that are a partnership with Colorado Parks and Wildlife. And our biologists work with the landowners out there, also have the ability to enroll our landowners into walk-in programs. So we're very integrated in into the whole walk-in access program and um i just want everyone to know that you know we're putting our money on the ground for for habitat and public access in in colorado to the tune of a couple hundred thousand dollars at least a year and into habitat that that is in the walk-in access program absolutely and you know you guys as an organization as well as parks and wildlife really has done an absolutely fantastic job to create access where access was not otherwise there. People were having to go to other states or knock on doors, whereas now you can actually go out and hunt these particular properties, and and it, it's fantastic. But, Bob, we certainly appreciate you coming on. I'm going to have to let you go here. But anybody getting out there, um, you know, like I said, think about joining Pheasants Forever. It's a fantastic organization that, as Bob mentioned, really puts 
you know, the, the, the money back into the properties. But we're going to have to wrap up here. I certainly appreciate everyone uh, joining and listening me listening to me this, uh, this Saturday morning. Um, once again, this was Austin Parr with Discount Fishing Tackle. If anybody has any questions on any of the stuff that we talked about, I'm six blocks south of Evans on the west side of Santa Fe. Um, 2645 South Santa Fe Drive is the address. Number is 303-698-2550. Once again, this was Austin Parr, uh, uh, guest hosting for Scott Watley on Sportsman of Colorado Radio on KLZ 560. and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.